Hey you, my entrepreneurial friend. Of 10 years of running my coaching business, I am going to finally teach business. And of course, I'm going to teach business with human design. Because the thing that I've discovered over the last decade is that the way everyone else taught me to run a business didn't freaking work for me. So over this last decade, to create a multiple seven-figure business, I've broken all the rules. I have done everything my way. I have looked experts in the face and downright said no, all to create something I love with greater ease and flow that literally is changing the world. And the best part is it doesn't feel like work at all. It feels like I get to hang out with my best friends and I am having a huge impact on the planet at the same time. So if you own a business that you want to finally maybe start, grow, or even scale, then come and join me on the 9th of May to discover how your human design can create the most beautiful, authentic success for you. For all the details, follow the link in the show notes. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Human Design Podcast with me, your host, Emma Dunwoody. I'm a qualified master coach and human behavior specialist, as well as being a qualified human design coach. And I work with clients every single day to answer the big questions. Who am I? Why am I here? And what is my purpose? I also assist them to transition from the person they think they should be to the person they really are on the inside. I teach people how to actually live their design instead of just knowing it. And if this is something that you want to do too, well, stay tuned or reach out for private coaching or human design unpacks where I show you exactly how to live your design. Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. Now, today I am recording this podcast from the middle of bloody nowhere, Um, We are on the way to Uluru, which if in case you don't know what that is, it is the big red rock right in the middle of Australia. And apparently it's meant to be part of the planet's heart chakra. So I'm super pumped to feel how that's going to feel, which leads me directly into the incredible human I have got on the podcast today, who is an expert in an area that I'm fascinated by, but I feel like I don't know that much outside of the human design definition of the aura. So uh, Susanna Merrick is here today with me and she is an aura expert. Hey, Susanna, how are you? Hey, Emma. So good to be here. And oh, that sounds where you're at. Sounds so amazing and magical. All I hear is honking cars outside in Brooklyn. So <laughs> you're, it sounds a little more ideal there. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and uh, what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Susanna. I am an aura reader, intuitive stylist, and the founder of a company called AuraWare, which is all about bringing out your internal expression and styling it on the external. So I really believe that there can be this beautiful practice within the way that you get dressed and how you show up for yourself and how you can really kind of put your truest expression out in the world. Uh, I've been reading auras of energy since I was a little girl. And I just always say that I just got the guts to finally come out of the closet a few years ago. Um, this wasn't a shock to, uh, many of my friends and family, but obviously to lots of people that knew me outside of that circle, uh, it was interesting and different and I really learned to embrace it. And now I really have devoted myself to understanding the aura 
And also understanding other elements that feed into that, like the chakras and understanding how um, color psychology plays such a big part into it. And we're going to talk, I can't wait to unfold that with you today, but, and also really what is, why are these colors showing up and what are the messages that they're delivering? I think the big misconception about aura sometimes is that you have one color and that's your color and that's your personality diagnosis. And it's simply not true. Just as you are an emotional, interesting, dynamic human um, going through this experience, your aura, your energy shifts and it changes. Um, How that all fully works? Well, I always say I won't fully know until I'm dead, but I have a lot of information I can give you today. (laughs) Amazing. Oh my goodness. I'm literally scribbling notes about the things I want to ask. It's color psychology. What? We can totally do a whole freaking episode on that. So I think we'll touch on that really quickly. Um, But I loved also what you said about the, your aura colors changing all the time, that it's this moving feast. I think that sometimes we fall into that like we do with, um, you know, personality profiling or human design profiling, we fall into the trap of being attached to who we think we are, mm. um, which is bullshit. That's just something the mind creates. So, yeah. um, but let's start at the beginning. Like, so as a kid, you just started seeing colors around people. How did that sort of turn up? Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. So when I was a kid, I, it was what I recognize now as an adult, and as someone who has devoted my life to this practice is that I was very clairsentient. So I was obviously going through some sort of like synthesis experience because it wouldn't always show up. And so that's why it was like, I was almost afraid to talk about it more because I wouldn't see it all the time. And it kind of makes you feel a little bit like you're losing your mind. Even when you're a child, mm. you're like, what's happening? Um, but some of the more uh, predominant and specific moments that I remember as a child were the feelings I have. And um, now I recognize when my body has feelings, it takes a moment for my brain to kind of catch up or figure out what's going on. And I have, I've learned to kind of lean in and trust that. Yeah. Um, and as I start to lean in and trust that and start to dip into people's auric fields, um, and now it's more of a, an exchange, a spiritual exchange. I mean, I'm very sacred about that space. It then starts to reveal itself in a more radical and kind of pronounced way. Whereas when I was a kid, it was more so like I would see something or I'd, I'd see a color I'd see, and I know things. I remember clinging to my mother about certain people and, and it scared me a lot. But um, yeah. one of the things that I, I always share, which is, just makes me laugh to this day, is I remember telling my dad. And um, my dad was all, my dad was a minister and a pastor, but like very radical, like a youth minister in the 80s, and, you know, 70s and 80s, like thought he was super cool. I mean, he is cool, but uh, <laughs> just like, you know, far out, super cool dude. And I remember telling him when I was a kid, like, I was like, dad, I sometimes I see this and I experience this. And, and he was like, oh yeah, that's, that's called an aura. Jesus has an aura. That's normal. Like it was just like, very- oh my God, that's so good. Especially in that day and age, right? That's freaking yeah. awesome to have a parent that supports that. Yeah. And he was so interested because he said, well, look at these pictures. You see how every picture of Jesus always has this. And he kind of helped me connect to that and understand what an aura was. So I went through the rest of, you know, my middle school, like elementary and middle school days. I knew what an aura was more so, I think, than most kids um, to that aspect because I saw it. But it just didn't really occur to me until I, I got older, especially in college, um, where I started kind of having more expansive experiences <laughs> if one says so yeah that uh, I would just kind of go to parties and be like yeah yeah I'll read your aura and then people would be like 
Um, yeah, no, that was actually really helpful. Can we do that again? <laughs> and, and so there was like this kind of unfolding of the gifts. Um, but only until a couple of years ago did I really start to see how important it was to kind of o- take ownership. And then yeah. what felt, what came from that is o- only what I can explain as like miraculous because what I've gotten yeah. to do is so cool. Yeah. And I love what, like, as you were talking about how it's now transformed into that really spiritual connection, like my entire body covered in goosebumps, you know, like um, to have that really, co- like the word I always use, and I'm working on my intuition and all of that sort of thing at the moment. Um, and the the biggest slap in the face for me is like, oh, wow, you mean that thing that's been there all the time? <laughs> I didn't even, you know, and yeah. I think that it's that conscious awareness of your gift that I think um, in my experience and, and working with people that I see, that's when our, um, you know, our, like our energetic gifts really come to life because we have this conscious awareness that that is actually our truth and this is really happening. And you, yes, you really do you know that or see that. Yeah. Um, that gives it that ability to really expand into its, you know, its potential. So yeah. tell me, um, because I am fascinated about seeing auras, like this is something I would love yeah. to do, and we actually. Um, we went to a place and I think it was a lot when we actually spoke um, briefly before, I think it was that day that we were going to a place here in Australia um, called Crystal Castle. Oh. And Crystal Castle is the biggest, it has like the biggest um, geodes and crystals on I the feel planet. Like I've heard of this place. It's yeah. amazing. And um, we went there that we've been a couple of times and we went there and had our aura photos taken. Ah. And, no. and it was just fascinating because I, I, as I think I said to you before, I've got a client of mine who's a vet who sees auras, but again, she doesn't tell anyone. Yeah, um, yeah. And she'd always said, oh, you know, I see yellow and I see orange around you a lot. Mm-hmm. So I kind of thought that's what I was going to find. And I got blues and mm-hmm. white. And I was going to say or- so much blue and so much. I was going to say almost turquoisey blues and whites, like um, probably even some purples in there, I would say, because that's what it feels like around you now. Um, yeah. Wow. And I'm yeah. getting massive goosebumps because that's exactly what it looks like. Like I should have had the photo here to show you. Yeah. Um, so, so when you're when you're feeling or seeing those colors, and this is the other thing I'm really getting my head around, and, and actually kind of discovering the right language for it, it is that that synesthesia, that synesthesia, however you say yeah, it. Yeah, synesthesia. I know I always trip up. Thank on you. <laughs> and it, it's like you say you're seeing it, but you're feeling it, or you say you're feeling it, and you're seeing it, and. So tell me what's oh, yeah. the experience, like what's okay. my aura's experience? Okay. Well, first of all, I have so much to say about aura and I know we're big time so I'm set up, so I'm going to dive in. So first, yeah, just I, I really have kind of made it my life study to fully kind of expand on what is happening because I do believe we have a physical aura and we have a spiritual aura, but there's actually 12 layers of the aura and each wow. layer is just another invitation to go deeper. Right. And they say like the last layer being your connection to God which if you meet anybody and you know anybody that that they they are there and they're in that place like more power to them but I it's it is something to strive through strive for if you will um so each of these layers can really help us understand a bit more about ourselves it's kind of in the same sense of like human design you can see this blueprint and then be able to not just be like oh this is my personality diagnosis but this is how I operate this is how I move around in the world this is how I each thing kind of mingles so when it comes to your senses crossing and experiencing auras, listen, I always say there's kind of some mixed messaging and I want to clear this up. There's some mixed messaging around um, having intuitive gifts 
And so to one of the big, big messages is that we all have them and you can do it too. And <laughs> that's just kind of how we get left with it sometimes. And then the other one being that you're, oh, wow, no, that's really rare. And how does that happen? And, and the reality is, yes, we do all have access to them. But are you willing to go through the fire and do the work that it takes to get there to access them? That's the real question. And so, Uh. but, you know, there's suffering is a choice and going through difficult strains and showing up for yourself. And and that's how you can start to read other people's auras in a really radical way. Now, there's also the physical element, which is your senses. So if you think about the Claire's, right? We know the clairs are all connected to five senses. Clairtangent, which is touch. Clairsendience. I'm sure your gals have already heard this, but I'll go through it quickly. No, please do. I love it. Clairsendience, which is the feeling or the knowing, like your body knowing before kind of your brain. Um, Clairaudience, hearing. um, cognancy, that kind of whether your brain's analyzing information in a nanosecond or you're deeply channeling wisdom. We don't fully know, right? And then the last one being clairvoyance, vision. All of these are connected to a physical realm, physical senses. Um, I have a theory that our <laughs> senses are deeply, as women, we run off of you know a 28-day cycle of energy. Men run off a 24-hour cycle of energy. Um, men seem to be very uh, cocky and confident when they have intuitive moments and they say them and they're impulsive. And I always, my joke is that we always have plenty of time to talk ourselves out of it. <laughs> We're going through a longer cycle. But knowing this, we can start to understand when our perception is heightened, right? And so this is when synthesia happens, right? So maybe it's, you depending on if you're in your luteal phase, your ovulation, or even if you have menopause, there's still quite a big, large understanding of how these levels of hormones in our bodies can start to kind of heighten our perception and understanding. And I've never been pregnant, Emma, and I know you have kids, and I've heard many times by pregnant women, it's like, whoa, I feel so like I could download like in a heartbeat and yeah. it can't, it's, there's something there for sure. So yeah. there is an element of exercising that muscle and connecting to the aura and the energy. Right. So I have clients that, right. But I have one that like, she hits textures and then she like tunes into the textures and then she can like explain the aura. It's bizarre, but she could do it and it's beautiful. And the messages she channels are spot on. Um, I have clients who hear auras, you know, just clear audiently hear them. For me, it's like, I feel it in my body and I, I have to actively impulsively go to that place. Okay. What experience have I had that I feel that? And then that's how colors are revealed. And then it comes through. It really does come through visually. Sometimes, sometimes it's clear audiently or I just a knowing. Um, but again, that's where the, that's where you access it. So yeah. there's some sort of correlation between the spiritual aura and yeah. the physical and how they intertwine. Yeah, and I love what you said about the myth busting. You know, I know for me, um, I've banged my head against a wall thinking that, you know, what do you mean we all, and this is this is actually my journey, I feel like yeah. on so many levels, but what do you mean we all have it? Okay, well, if we all have it, how do I access it? Um, yeah. And it's been, it really has been the other way around. Instead of trying to rote learn um, how to do something, it's been about deconditioning all yeah. the things I think I should be oh, doing yeah. and just be more me and really just become, as I said, just become conscious of, of those, those um, things within me already. Yeah. So um, I love that far out. So tell me a little bit about my aura then. Like what, what is it? Like now it's, it's blue now. Ooh. I love this. Yeah. It's so funny. So 
I, I like, I'm so I always say when I, when I read your energy, there's obviously like a, there's an important exchange and a vulnerability there. And he, I'm just having kind of this peak of your energy from talking and from when we met and, and then when you describe the photo. So that photo actually that when you put your hands on those electric magnetic plates, it actually measures the frequency that's in your body. Right. So the higher the frequency, right. That's going to be like your yellows, your orange, your reds, the lower the frequency. And so sometimes this can be backwards too. Um, but just for the sake of this energetic kind of exchange, it is, it goes from one to the other, the lower the frequency, that is your going to be your blues, your indigos, your violets, and as you move up the scale. But what's interesting is that there is some kind of radical phenomenon that happens within oral photography where sometimes, and I'm wondering if this is what happened to yours, where you'll get that combination of the blue and the violets, and then you'll have almost like this kind of wash over of white on the outside. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> we can't actually explain that from a scientific standpoint. This has happened to my aura once before I had one that was like this, but I've had, it's been every color and energy. They believe energy flows up off the chakras, right over the left ear and out. And it's, so it is like almost a cyclone. And when you see the photos, sometimes it'll be more dense around these areas. And sometimes it will be the whole photo. Um, but that tells me a couple things that you're really in line in line in line with service right now within mm -hmm. yourself, like serving, you find a really healthy balance with that. So you're able to actually give more than, um, than you need to take. And then it mm -hmm. tells me also with the violet that there is very much big vision. There's some things coming in and vision specifically around um, this white purity. So I'm, I think maybe more family, more of your kind of like where you're going, what's kind of coming next. But seeing that kind of combination, there is like this really beautiful ease and security that comes with that energy um, and trust. But that is something that takes time to earn and to move through. So to see that's huge. It, often that's actually a combination of colors I'll see with really healthy couples if they are in the same photo. Oh, um, that's beautiful. Yeah. I just got a got goosebumps again. Um, and it was, it was, it, it was so interesting to see because the three, my two sons and my husband had yeah. similar colors to the, those three were similar and then I was really different and I had a lot of green in mine as well I had and it was balanced so it was everything that the coming yeah. in and the going out was it, it was equal on both sides but anyway let's talk a little bit about like okay so let's say blue and a green and this white this is these are important colors yeah. for me right now so how specifically can now that I know that how can I use that to you know um whether it's heal, whether it's uh, grow and learn, you know, like I'm a learning junkie, like how do we use the knowledge once we've got it? Yeah, for sure. Well, first of all, it is, it's not something that can be like, you can learn and you can devote yourself to it and learn it and connect to it. And um, I always say I'll be, I will be a forever student of learning it. I think it is really helpful to get your aura photographed or to meet with someone to really start to kind of get the balls turning, if you are the wheels turning for you to kind of dive deeper with that. Um, but each of these, I mean, blue around you now can mean something very different around you in a different season. It could also tell me that you're feeling, you feel disconnected and that you're feeling like you're not, you've give too much and that you're at capacity or that you're not having a healthier relationship, depending on how I feel that or connect to that in my body is how I mm -hmm. kind of perceive that message. So the colors yeah. of the vehicle to bring the information, right? But there's some really powerful things we know about color psychology that can help us understand. 
and the same information for the chakras. So I would say if you really want to kind of devote yourself to like learning about aura or just kind of finding using aura to heal or to connect, you can use my practices with the AuraWare method, um, or <laughs> which will be in the show notes. <laughs> yes, and I'm about to launch a course, which I think by the time this comes out, you guys will all have access to, which is exciting. Um, Amazing. But I have very specific practices on how you can really start to use neuroplasticity and neuroscience and and rituals to really start to um, explore your relationship with the aura and energy that you want to be aligned with. Um, however, you can also use the chakras and the steps like the seven layers of aura to kind of go through, you know, the astral aura and kind of understanding what that means for you and your soul and your purpose right now. Or you can go through um, the spiritual levels of the aura. Uh, they, uh, they call it the uh, can I'm going to say it wrong. See, we're in the same boat here today. Um, mm-hmm. Catharic, the cathartic template, which is like the cloak of protection we put around ourselves, which is basically what we consider to be the protectress. Like getting past that layer is understanding like a lot of the traumas and the things. That, like why do you keep this layer so close to you sometimes, or how are you protecting yourself? And in moments of being vulnerable or, or expressing yourself. So you can, there's lots of different ways to kind of go about it. Um, but personally, I just think color is, you know, I just said I didn't reinvent the wheel. Like color has been used medicinally for hundreds of thousands of years. Um, I just want you to be really intentional with it. So whether color mm-hmm. psychology is about the idea of color being um, energetic and we actually having an effect of other people's auras and that energy or or it's Isaac Newton's theory where it's it's reflective and it's absorbing and and we don't fully know. Mm. So I always say you don't need to know. <laughs> All yeah, you need to do is you just need to tune into what that color is doing for you right then. Use specific language that you're gonna heal around that color. So if you're if you're someone who is just not taking risk in your life or you're not wanting, you're having a hard time showing up for yourself or being brave or moving through grief, like yellow is gonna be this color that's really gonna support you. Um, but then we got to get really intentional. We got to meditate around it. We got to journal around it. We got to, we got to dig deeper with it. We got to examine our inner child with it, use it to play and then wear it medicinally. Yeah. And I was going to ask that, like, um, so one of the things, like, I want to get back to wearing it medicinally, but one of the things that you said, like, I think it's so like the penny drop for me is, you know, this blue and the green, the other thing that the lady said about the green was growth. I mean, that sounds obvious, yeah, but growth seriously. Yeah, expansion and business and all yeah, things, yeah. exactly. And um, that for me, I was like, like trust is one of my highest values. And yeah. my journey with trust has been all about trying to project trust onto others. Like other people need to be trustworthy. And of course, my journey has been like, oh, right. It's actually about trusting me. It's about trusting mm-hmm. the universe and surrendering. Um so, you know, if I, let's say I was at the beginning of my journey, how I would use this would be going into that place of going, okay, cool. So where am I in distrust? Where do I not trust? Where do I, you know, and it would be about starting to do whatever rituals, like I use a lot of different rituals. I use forgiveness. I use um, belief, I, massive on belief systems. Yeah. Um, and I would be using processes to do that and then helping to help myself with that, I would be using blue medicinally as well. Is that correct? Like I would yeah. be wearing it. What would I be doing it? Would I have, funnily enough, yeah. would you believe so, I have a blue crystal just sitting right here that yeah. I picked up on the same day? Oh my goodness. I love it. That's well. And it's so interesting because to see blue around, you know, 
blue in psychology is trust. Mm-hmm. It's the color every bank uses. It's the color that they, you know, anytime you see any sort of medical thing, it's all like, oh, oh yeah, you can trust that brand because it's got blue all over it kind of thing. It's such a, like a very distinctive thing. Um, but yeah, no. So for me, it's about and the message I've kind of brought forth is for blue, it's about really exploring. And I always say there's each color kind of connects to our core ro- wound and aura wear. Like we talk about each color being kind of that can end that core wound for um, blue being relationships. So, so really taking a really close look at all of your relationships and saying, where am I giving too much? Where am I taking too much? Like this can just start to open up conversations. But while you're doing that, you're, you're literally writing in your blue notebook <laughs> you're wearing a blue shirt you're like because what it ends up serving as right is not only this thing that can kind of energetically connect to you it's it's serving as a reminder and a sign and if you're being really strategic with it so if you're meditating around it I always tell my girls to go and and guys you guys um, (laughs) um, I always tell them to go and like pull two or three words that are like values or whatever you're really wanting to connect to so like trust is that one for you you have an affirmation you're assigning to that word. And every time you see that color, you are saying that affirmation. But how we can take this on a deeper level is by ultimately figuring out the words, journaling around the different prompts, like whether that's around relationships or what you're calling it or what you're wanting to connect to or what you're wanting to heal. And then you're going to start meditating around the color. So you're visualizing, feeling it. So as you're moving out of beta into alpha theta state, you're more impressionable your consciousness is now going to start assigning a new relationship with that color or strengthening the relationship you already have. And so then it's all subconscious work after that. You're just seeing it. You'll And you, I will literally, if I'm working with the color, it's like serves as a beautiful sign when I'm thinking about something, it's very much like synchronicity. Um, but the work starts to integrate and you start mm-hmm. to intertwine. And I always say, this is like calling the color into your aura. And yeah. I've seen it time and time again. And this work got developed because when I started doing it, I was like, I can't tell people that I see like 10 colors. This is going to be really, like, really confusing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so pink. Yeah. Pink. <laughs> that is your color. Yes. That's you. Yes. And it just didn't feel authentic and great for me. So I started at that time I was working with the aura photographer and I started to learn a lot about the photography at the same time, which really brought that understanding of what is a physical, what is a spiritual, because I genuinely believed in my heart of hearts that I was like, maybe I just have more cones and receptors in my eyes and I just see this weird radiation like coming off people's bodies I'm just gonna justify that like that's yeah yeah I'm such a realist and I could imagine that I would have come up with something very similar to that (laughs) yeah and so you just have to believe this but then as the work started to unfold I was like oh wait but there's there's science behind the psychology that we can use here and there is opportunities with these more spiritual tools that we can use here to really start to assign connect and shift and you know at this point I've been doing this for a couple years now and the scaling and the growth that I've got to experience from the work has been such a testament for how how much it just it serves it does what it's supposed to do yeah and I love what you're saying like because um my background before I came to human design as uh, as I mentioned I'm a behavioral coach so I and trained in um NLP it's called metadynamics but it's the same thing and 
you know, just hearing what you're talking about, like that, that repetition, you know, like just having that anchor of the color, like it is so incredibly powerful. And as you were talking and you're sitting there in that yellow top, I'm just having this like aha moment because um, many years ago when I was 28, I was diagnosed with depression and panic disorder. And, you know, I was in the lowest possible place. I considered taking my own life for a long time. I had a defining moment where a leading specialist said, um, you know, you'll probably never heal this, but you'll learn to deal with it. You learn to live with it. And I was like, "Mm, no. Um, And that that was really, it was an important moment in my life because it was the catalyst of, you know, why I do what I do today and who I've become. But sitting there and you're telling the story and, you're, and and all I'm doing is seeing these flashes of when I was in that place, I used to say, I hate the color yellow. I hate the color mm-hmm. yellow. It was something that, and then one day I just had this knowing that I'm like far out. I've, I've shifted my focus from depression to happiness. And there was just this knowing that I had to focus on yellow. Um, and only now speaking to you, have I become really aware of it? And then I would start to be like, fuck it. If I don't like yellow too bad, I'm bringing yellow into my life. And of course today, my favorite flower is the sunflower. Um, I love the color yellow. There's yellow everywhere, um, because it genuinely makes me feel better. And I'm a total sun bunny as well. Yeah. You know, if it's overcast, my mood changes, um, so it's it's what I realized just talking to you is this is so freaking intrinsic in what's happening all the time. We're just so unconscious to it. Yeah, we have it's so interesting. Aversions help us really. It's I was kind of the one things I started I really started to learn. And of course, when you're doing this kind of work and you have to kind of use all of your friends and family as case studies. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like you run out of things in your own life to examine and you're like, okay. Who can I like? And I had this really great girlfriend and I remember, you know, she ran several stores. She's a designer and jewelry designer. And, and, um, she was also just such a huge expander for me over the years. And I actually was an intern of hers and I made the jewelry making with her, like back in the early two thousands when she had a tiny little store. And I remember at that time, uh, she just would always make this big fuss about orange and I'd be like, Oh, orange. Oh, and at that time she was playing it so safe with work and everything else. And then anyway, she ended up like going on to like open a store in Soho in New York and her brand just like exploded. And she opened another like three stores in the city and Greenpoint and Brooklyn. And at any rate, what's hilarious is that when I was with her about, this was like four, four years ago, everything at her store was orange. Like everything was or- like so much orange. She's like, I don't know. It's just orange. Is just- and I had to have a good laugh because I was like, do you remember how much you used to just despise it. And she's like, no, I did it. No, I did it. I love but, that. But there's such like these correlations are, they exist and they, and they do really help point us to what needs to be examined. Yeah. What needs to be unpacked. And I honestly believe color is just, it's just as much as an invitation as a trigger. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. And, and I definitely, you know, like my favorite color is, is green. I love it. But one of the, one of the biggest journeys of my life has been trusting the growth process because, you know, when I go into growth, oh my God, I go, you know, totally into growth. So it's like the good, the bad and the ugly. So, um, yeah, I just love that. I think it's green is, fascinating. Well, I will say green is, I always say, um, those who have a lot of green in their aura are showing up. And I can start to, at this point, kind of start to sense what what seems to be more tethered to, you know, family dynamic or or belief systems that have 
kind of been untethered in there. Um, but I always tell, I always say green is like, green's like that perfect parking spot right in front of the building you need to go to. And, but you paid for the parking garage around the corner and you're like, but I have to park in the parking garage around the corner. And then when you come back, you see the spot still open and you're like, Oh, why didn't I take it? Because green is all about, it is, it's all about getting, being strategic and getting organized and being clear and growing and, and committing to this kind of level, but there are shadow sides to each color, which we cannot dive into today, but shadow side of green being actually lack of trust because things need to be in a certain order done a certain way sometimes. And so there, it's not as quite flowy, even though we find a lot of balance from that type of energy. So working with different colors, calling and shifting your aura and your energy in certain seasons can really bring you a more ease and more flow to what you need that. in your healing state. So tell me, how do you integrate the the auric reading, work, healing, and the clothes? Like how do you yeah. actually bring it all together? Yeah, so adornment is interesting because adornment I found was um, s- such an important part of what I, I went through a really massive uh, season of grief a few years ago and I lost my mother and um, I had to really, the one thing that would all like, you know, and I, I, if you've suffered from depression, I, I deeply empathize because I've also been there. And I remember I had a, a really genuine, sweet, wonderful friend who ended up taking his life. And he said something to me and I will never forget it. He was like, Susanna, if I can get up in the morning and go brush my teeth, it's going to be an okay day. Like if I can get enough to go in and to just to do that one simple act of self-care, like just get up, start the day. And so that really set me down this path when I was going through my process of grief and healing. I I'm just like, you know what? I don't care if I look like shit. If, my, if I'm crying all day, I'm going to put on some clothes that made me feel good. Yeah. And it really did get me through that time. And I could tell when I didn't wear the right things in color. I started using color and didn't even know it just to kind of like, and it wasn't for anyone else. It was for me. Um, But now fast forward, I started when I started to develop my build my business, you know, I'm very magenta in my energy, which is very outside the box, non-conformist, go against the grain, just got to be wacky at all times. Love it. Uh, I was like, what is, how can I make this a thing? How can I do this? And it'd be fun and creative. And the closet came to me because I was reading about Buddhist monks and it was the one area that they didn't care about. Like they care about everything. They care about meditation and eating and do. And I was like, wait, what? You get two robes and like, you don't care how you dress. Wait, 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 wait. Like, I don't, I don't buy I that. It. And so that was where I really started to be like, you know what? No, there is such a system here. There is something to be explored. So each color of the aura essentially comes with an aesthetic. It's not just about, so yellow, the aesthetic of yellow is not necessarily just a color. The aesthetic of yellow is also honoring your inner child, being playful, wearing overalls, like putting tennis shoes on with your skirt and like just going out and honoring your inner kid versus violet, which is like your visionary. You're showing up, you're putting on that vibe. That's asymmetrical pieces. That's pieces that make you feel like a million bucks that you can just go and be that, that beacon and that, that force in your life by wearing certain types of clothes. So I have theories for each of these colors, which if you have a reading with me, you will learn all about. Uh (laughs) Oh my God, do it people. I am far out. I got to, I got to sign up. Oh, I love it. So yeah. So I, that's kind of where that all came from. And that's all just kind of fun elements. And 
for me, healing, you know, it doesn't have to be this like venture into the jungle to like do ayahuasca. You know, it can be a a pleasurable and safe experience if done right. Um, Especially if it is, and especially if you're supposed to be doing it for the rest of your life, which some of us, we are, we're going to be healing for the rest of our lives and that's okay. Yeah, and I think everyone is on a on a certain level. Yeah. I mean, we 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 don't have to heal. We, you know, we don't have to be focused on healing the deepest trauma for our entire life. We do get a reprieve from reprieve from that. But we're if as long as we're alive, we're growing. I mean, we're either green and growing yeah. or brown and rotting, right? And I don't <laughs> want to rot. Um, so yeah, I feel like we're all on that journey. And I always say, like, I even think the Dalai Lama's got work to do. You know, I think he's still doing Mm -hmm. his journaling and meditating every day with (laughs) with purpose to grow. Um, okay. So he might be a lot higher on the consciousness scale than the rest of us, but that's okay. Um, we all have something to aspire to. And I love what you said. Like, you know, one of the, one of the big transitions in my life was moving out of corporate and into my own business. Yeah, And it was also a catalyst for a lot of my, um, you know, my shadow and a lot of the work I had to do. But that playfulness, you know, that yellow, that, I mean, even right now as we're talking, I have a cap on my head. I have, um, I'm the sort of person that will wear the most beautiful dresses and get really, um, you know, prettied up. But in the same breath, I will 100% wear trainers with skirts and hats and you know, and you're so right. I, I I'm suppose like, these are what I was wearing earlier. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I have those. I have those. I love the my bands. I'm showing her some checkered bands. They're the best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love them. They're so good. I had to leave them at home because I literally have two pairs of shoes now. But anyway, um, so let's say someone is feeling stuck. All right. They're feeling yeah. stuck and they're like, but how specifically can an order re- an aura reading help me? Um, what are they? What can they expect? Like, because I know a lot of people come to me, um, and it's much easier for them to come to me under the banner of human design than it is to come to me under the banner of a behavioural coach. Because a behavioural coach, they're like, "Oh God, am I yeah. going to have to talk about my childhood?" I'm like, "Well, yeah, momentarily. We just need to uh, I yeah, understand yeah. a few things, and then we're going to head to the future um, and heal some shit." But yeah. <laughs> you know, so if people are feeling really stuck, like, what what can I expect? Yeah. So. You know, first of all, I really, I really aim to make that space really sacred. And one of the things I learned pretty early on that is such a gift of being a space holder and a coach and an intuitive is that the more you commit to the invitation to go deeper and to learn about yourself, the more space you make and the more space you have to give. And so really kind of that um, element of like clearing the karmic records and holding the space really sacred. Something that I find very deeply important in the work is that I ask your permission first and foremost to read you, to oh, share with I you. That. And so that's part of kind of that ceremony. And then as I dip in, you're dipping in and it's very vulnerable and it is, you know, it, I see and experience things about you that not everyone does and, or maybe they do or, you know, but, I get to share them in this really beautiful way. Like I get to share them with you in this way that that's like, like holding up the mirror. Like there are already things you already know versus I think some of us, and, I, and one of the first questions I ask people when they have an oral reading and they fill out a form, I'm like, tell me about some of your past experiences with intuitives and readings. Let's just gauge that first and foremost, because I think there's a lot of misconception and and a lot of people have been hurt by intuitives or readers and they're like, or they just get a lot of, 
opinions. And yes, I, yeah, I just, I really aim to not do that. I really Mm. aim to be a clear vessel and a channel and to really share what's most important and most to be most important for you to know in that moment to Mm. bring you freedom, to feel Mm. unstuck. And so it's just painting vision. It's just holding up a mirror and going, yeah, like, this is why you're feeling this way. You're feeling this way for a specific reason. Like this is an energy that's on you. And it might not even belong to you sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. And I love that exactly what you said, like even from whether it's human design or behavioral coaching, it's I'm the same, you know, it's this important thing to understand that you've picked this up or you've learned this, you know, this is what a lot of people, um, and I think the same as what you're saying is a lot of people don't understand that this is something that you have learned as a very small child from, um, you know, something that's happened and you've created a meaning because of the way the adults respond to it. And being able to just be in that space, I love what you said, like holding space, giving them the freedom, um, because we are, I strongly believe that we are here to do the work of empowering people. You know, I'm always talking about becoming your own guru. I don't think that, you know, we are moving out of the time of the guru um, and into a time where we have to learn to love and trust ourselves. It's really about being able to trust who we are and that we have everything that we need. And I think that like what the work that you're doing, the work that I'm doing is really, as you say, holding up the mirror and holding space for people to actually be like, oh shit, I can really trust myself. I can really step into this and be able to be um, held while they do that. And I think that's amazing. Yeah. And like, and that, that kind of work, that commitment is, it's so admirable because it is so rewarding and you do. And I mean, I find it and maybe you can relate to this, but so many of my clients come in to me and then leave wanting to be space holders or wanting to do, yeah. cause they're like, Oh my gosh, this is a, I've, I've been transformed. I've changed. I moved this. I want to show somebody else how to do it. And I'm like, yeah, you know, you don't necessarily have to come out of the closet if you don't want to about how you're doing it or sharing. Um, you can integrate this into your everyday or, you know, you can go down a new path with it, but it, it's bringing, it's allowing you to have freedom and choice and how you're going to show up in your life. And like that ultimately is the biggest gift you can give yourself. Yeah, I agree 100%. And the, the, the way to freedom and choice is I'm afraid people through the fire, like we have to do the work. We have to pull those things out of our shadow that we're afraid of and, and really discover that there's nothing to be afraid of and it's just a little kid that's really hurt and we have to heal that part of ourselves. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So tell us, Susanna, how does people find you? Where are you on Instagram? What's your website? And tell yeah, us a little absolutely. bit about your courses coming up. Yes, absolutely. So you can find me at AuraWare NYC, AuraWare, like wearing like a shirt or a dress, um, nyc.com. And you can find me on Instagram at Auraware NYC and TikTok at Auraware NYC. There's a pattern here, right? Um, yeah, <laughs> and um, right now I'm I'm doing, I am a proud to be a fully booked coach, which is so exciting. I do have a wait list for coaching. If that's something, if you feel called to, you know, if I sound like your person, I'd love to meet you and talk to you. Um, I do aura readings though. These are one of my favorite things to do. I do a few a week and I have lots of bookings for those. So if you're interested, I have 60 minute options and 90 minute options. 
Um, and which in those sessions, you get to learn about your aura, your essence, your energy. I then give you colors to help support you. Sometimes those are your aura colors. Sometimes those are other colors, but you get to walk away with a little fun palette. And um, from that work, you get an understanding of how you can start to implement more aesthetic into your closet based on your aura and your energy. And then I'm going to be launching a course that's all about AuraWare 101, just learning all the basics to how you can use my tools specifically to support you in this season and time. Um, yeah. And I live in New York. So if you ever see me on the street, I'm probably wearing a lot of color and just wave at the crazy aura lady. I'll say hi. Oh back. my God. I love it. <laughs> I love it. You need to get out. To, we've got a city here in Australia called Melbourne and I grew up in Melbourne and yeah. Melbourne is, um, they're really like really stylish people, but oh, yeah. they just wear black, like the color. There's no, oh, so Whenever I have we a best girlfriend from there. I, yeah, yeah, she only just wears black. Like, ta- yeah, red lipstick, black head to toe tattoos. That's it. Yeah. Exactly. And I used to wear like black all the time. And then I would have like bright pink shoes or bright green shoes or something like that. Yeah. Um, so they probably need a bit of extra color down there in Melbourne. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So thank you so much, Susanna, for joining. It's been oh. lovely having you here. My pleasure. Thanks uh, for having me, Emma. This has been, it's been such a fun chat. Oh, so good. And I feel like we could we could uh, go a lot deeper um, on some of these these bigger, bigger questions. But anyway, if anyone wants to find Susanna, everything's in the show notes. Um, it sounds freaking amazing. I want to sign up for an aura reading. Um, it's been great having everyone. Thanks again, Susanna. Bye oh, for now. My pleasure. Bye. Thanks, everyone, for being here all the way to the end of the podcast. I hope you got lots of value out of it. I certainly had a lot of fun doing it. Could I please ask that you share this podcast with friends if you found it valuable? And also, bonus points, could you leave a review for me as well on Apple? It would be greatly appreciated. If at any point you would like to be on the podcast or you've got questions that you'd like me to discuss on the podcast, by all means, get on my socials and DM me. Everything you need is there in the show notes. Have an awesome day. Bye for now.